fear is often saying, I believe I'm helpless. I believe nothing can be done about this. Or I believe God doesn't really care. God doesn't really care for my loved one. Or God doesn't want to help. The fear itself helps us identify the wrong belief that is actually embedded in our heart. Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. everybody and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. You're in for a treat today because we have a gal in England by the name of Kirsten Burkett and that's K-I-R-S-T-E-N-B-I-R-K-E-T-T. She goes by Kirsty, and she's the author of a book called Living Without Fear and Dr. Birkett will teach you how to work past your anxiety with the help of the Psalms. Can you tell why I, I was so interested in interviewing her? Because she studied the Psalms, and that's what we do here on the podcast as well. Well, as she shares honestly from her own life, you will feel like this is someone who truly understands what it's like to fear, and yet find peace in Christ. There are lessons in the book on how to read into the words beyond the surface level to truly let the Lord's lessons flow through you. Doing so, you can obtain practical insights and learn to apply, I love that word, apply your newfound insights to resolve the issues you are experiencing with anxiety. The book is filled with meditations and explanations behind the meaning of selected Psalms, each of which contains wonderful truths about God. Living Without Fear, that's the title of the book, describes how knowing those truths can affect your emotions. It gives examples of people who are fearful of life, of their enemies, or of the troubles of the world that can befall them. So it's all the more important to think about how we can educate our hearts with the truth. Oh my goodness, I love that that line. She even used that line during our interview. She said, educate your heart because we all can have mind or head knowledge of God, of his word, of the Bible, but it really makes a difference in our lives when we have it embedded in our heart. So we're going to talk about that in the show. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Kirsten Burkett. She was a lecturer at Oak Hill Theological College in London for 14 years, teaching ethics, philosophy, and pastoral counseling. Prior to that, she's taught at the University of NSW and Sydney. She's from Australia, actually. And she holds degrees in science, philosophy of science, education and history, as well as studying theology. And she's an ordained minister in the Church of England. She is now a theological writer based in the north of England. And it was so fun to chat with her. As you listen to this interview, 
I hope that what sticks out to you is the persistence that she has in her life and she's demonstrated and she encourages us to also take hold of this truth. And that's her reliance on God. I even asked her, okay, can you unpack that for us? How in the day-to-day -day of it all, do you rely on God? And she's going to give about two to three tips on exactly how to do that. You're not going to want to miss those. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end, because believe me, you're going to get an education for your heart in this episode. So thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm delighted you're here. And without further ado, here's Kirsty. And hey there, Kirsty. welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. I think you're calling from England, are you not? Yeah, that's correct. I live in England, in the north of England. Oh, and what a beautiful accent. You're this, maybe the third person I've had on this show from England. And I always try to do a little bit of an English accent, but I'm afraid <laughs> I never can do it quite right. My, my accent isn't entirely English. I was actually born in Australia. I, I hear that. Maybe a teeny bit. When did you move to England? Uh, in 2005. You were born and raised in Australia then? That's correct, yes. Oh, well, let's just start there then, Kirsty. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background before we get into your actual book, which is called Living Without Fear, and it's all about the Psalms, and I cannot wait to chat with you about that. I'm almost like, we call it chomping at the bit, like, you know, I'm in Kentucky, so we have horses, and just chomping at the bit to, to dig into your amazing work. But before we go there, just tell us a little bit about your background, maybe even how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, I grew up in a church-going family, but I didn't know the Lord myself um, until I went to university. And as my second year, I was 20 years old, and, and my sister announced that she had become a Christian, which amazed me because I thought we were always Christians. I thought you were just born <laughs> Um, but she explained to me that, no, it's actually about knowing Jesus for yourself and knowing him as, as saviour. And for the first time, I realised that I hadn't actually been living with Jesus as my Lord, that I'd just been thinking I was a, a good moral person entirely on my own. So um, I accepted him as Lord and it absolutely transformed my life. Uh, it meant I had to go back and um, at university I found a campus group that followed Christ and uh, went to their Bible studies and joined a church. So my knowledge just grew immensely and my relationship with God grew immensely from there. How did your life actually change? Did you begin doing life kind of differently or did other people notice changes in you? It changed hugely. Um, I was an incredibly shy person. Um, in fact, I was diagnosed later on with social phobia and personality disorder. So I just avoided people. I was too terrified to speak to them. But God says, said, I, I had to talk to people. He said, I created these people and I created you for relationship and I want you to relate to people. So I had to learn how to do it. And it was a huge challenge. It, it was a tremendous challenge. It brought me so much closer to the Lord and understanding who he is and understanding him through his word as I, as I faced those fears and thought, well, I have to learn how to relate to people. So it was a massive life change. It wasn't just a change in my thinking and my ideas about God. It was actually in, in my whole lifestyle as well. And what did you learn about God as a result? I learned that he puts people first and also that he puts my holiness first. So things were, were very difficult for quite a long time. I mean, you can't just 
have a change like that in your life without it being very difficult and a lot of struggles. But God cares about my holiness. He wants me to be transformed into the image of his son, into the image of his son who cares for people that he laid down his life for them. And so I realized that all the difficulty I was going through was a sign of God's love, that he, he loved me enough to put me through that so I could be transformed into the image of his son, which is the best thing that could possibly happen. Can you specify, Kirsty, like particular events in your life in addition to like your salvation and those changes you made as far as becoming a bit more courageous and so forth, but any other things in your in your life that you can now look back on and say, yeah, that event really drew me closer to God, even though it was difficult. Can you give any specifics on anything that happened in your life? I guess there are quite a few things. I mean, my life didn't turn out at all what I expected it to be. You know, I expected for one thing that I'd been in Australia for my whole life. I found myself after working for a company for 10 years, uh, I suddenly had no job and I couldn't get a job. Uh, you know, I applied for something like 200 different jobs in Australia and couldn't get one. And then suddenly I was contacted from England by the principal of a, a Bible college saying, why don't you come and work for us? Come and, and teach with us, which I, I never anticipated. And again, that was really hard to do, to move across to the other side of the world by myself. But it meant that I had to rely on God to do that. Mm. And in a job that I really didn't expect to have, but which was so rewarding. I learned so much through through being in the college and teaching others. I learned so much. And, and, you know, it happened again recently um, after being at that college for 14 years. I left to go into church ministry. Um, I was working as, a, as an associate in a church and then lockdown happened. And uh, there were budget problems with the church because there wasn't as much giving. And I lost my job there as well. And relying on God for that, that has been massive. Um, I am so grateful now for the chance to come so much closer to him and learn what it is to rely on him because it means I know that I can trust him I mean that's mm. something I would have always said in my head but now I know it in experience that he has looked after me that I can rely on him wow can we just unpack that a teeny bit because and I love that you made the point Kirsty, about okay I knew it in my head or I know it in my head but knowing it in your heart kind of there's a difference there but you've mentioned relying on God a few times now and I want to know how do you do that can you kind of fill in the gap between God telling us to trust him and have faith in him to rely on him and then actually in the practical day-to-day -day of it all how do we as 21st century Christian women, how do we actually rely on God? What does that look like? It comes through his word, um, through the phrase I'll use is meditating on his word, because that's a, that's a biblical phrase. And I think what it means is we don't just read it, but think about it, spend time thinking about it, put aside time, think, well, I'm going to think about this truth. And also not just putting aside time, but at the moments when fears attack you. So for me, often it's it's first thing when I wake, wake up in the morning or I might wake up in the middle of the night and I just get worried about everything. And that's the moment where I have to say, no, I am going to put my mind to thinking about God 
not about the things I'm worried about. And so I will deliberately think, God is good. What does that mean? What is his goodness? How has he shown his goodness? Mm. I think he came to earth as Christ and died for us. He's proved that he is good. Uh, or things like that. And that's why I talk about the Psalms as well. There's so many examples there and, and verses from the Psalms. When you memorize them and you can go over them in your head and, you, you know, you can remember things like um, David saying, I will not fear. I think, well, how could he say that? What did he mean by that? Why didn't he fear? Well, it's because of his relationship with God. So it really is through scripture. Um, and that's why, uh, I mean, I, I need to do better in this, but memorizing scripture is so valuable so that it's there in your head so you can think about it at the, those moments when, you know, you feel very dark, actually bring truth into your mind and it takes discipline. You have to say, no, I'm going to stop going over and over those things that I'm fearful of and I will deliberately think about God. I will think about this truth about God or I'll think about this verse from scripture and make sure that that's the thing that fills my mind. And it, it changes me. It does make a difference. So I, I will actually calm down and not feel that fear. Mm, I love that. So just to paraphrase, meditating on God's word, the power behind simply rehearsing those verses that are so meaningful or the characteristics of God, what he says about himself, what he says about us, what he might say about our particular scenario that's causing us grief or trouble or fear, meditating on those verses and, and his word and being intentional about that maybe starting the morning, like you mentioned, and then carrying that throughout the day or at any point when we're kind of faced with a little bit of darkness or some overwhelming thought. And then second to that, memorizing his word. Those are really good nuggets that we can do. And I also like, Kiersey, how you said, okay, let's be real. This takes discipline. So as far as discipline goes, do you do you just make, I know you've kind of made a habit of that and you've seen the reward of that in your life, but as to memorizing, do you, are you actively memorizing Bible verses as well? Cause I'm not really doing that right now in my life, but I recognize I should be, or I could be, I feel like I know a lot of the Bible and can bring verses back to my mind. And some I have memorized that I use repeatedly, but I'm not actively memorizing and I think probably I should be but how do you how does that look for you I make a practice of writing down good verses when I come across them something that particularly strikes me I'll, I'll write it down uh, I mean writing things down I think is hugely powerful it's mm. it's more than just going over it in your head active using your whole body you, you know the hand mind connection writing things down makes a difference you know I also um, I teach uh, children Sunday school at my church and when they have the memory verses I make sure I memorize it as well yes that's good that's good accountability right there yeah yeah that's right so but I mean like you I could do better I could do um, much better and it's, it's funny isn't it something that I know is so good for me that will really help <laughs> find it hard to do yeah it's like avoiding sugar that's so good for me but ah I crave it sometimes okay so let's go ahead and jump into your book I think we've got such a good foundation set up here and again I'm chomping at the bit to kind of get into all of this because as you may know on the choose to think inspirational podcast 
every twice a month, I take a look at a psalm, one of the psalms, and I study that during the during the month. Two of those psalms, I study them. I read commentary. I try to figure out, okay, is there one verse in here that really sticks out that will be of interest to the listeners, or how can we actually apply this particular psalm to our daily lives? And I may, I've made a habit of doing that. I think I'm about a third of the way through, even though we're in our fourth year. You know, there are 150 psalms, so it's going to it's going to take a while to get through all of them but i love them and one of the reasons i love them kirsty is because psalms they're, they're so emotionally expressive i'm so curious though kirsty why did you go to the psalms why did you write this book looking at the psalms and the book again is called living without fear so what drew you to the psalms Do you experience daily foot pain? Yeah, that was me not too long ago. I suffered from the dreadful and excruciating plantar fasciitis. You can go back to episode 127 to hear all of the details and additional measures that I took to overcome this painful malady. But today, I want to tell you about a slide-on sandal that I love. I would be absolutely lost without them. They are major contributors to helping me find relief from my aching feet. They're called UFOs. O-O-F-O-S. UFOs. Here's what the manufacturer says about this amazingly soft and comfortable slip-on. You can feel the ooh. The ooh-ah slide features an agile foam strap for additional support and comfort. Like every UFOs shoe, it features ooh foam technology and the patented footbed. Their revolutionary ooh foam technology absorbs 37% more impact than traditional footwear foam materials to reduce the stress on your feet, your joints, and your back. Plus, the closed cell foam is machine washable and it's designed to minimize odor. The UFO's patented footbed cradles and supports arches to reduce energy exertion in the ankles by up to 47% compared to competitors' footwear. So walking is easier, recovery is faster, and you feel better. Scientific research shows that UFOs reduce load, decrease compressive forces, and support foot mobility when compared to traditional footwear. As a result, every UFO style carries the American Podiatric Medical Association seal of acceptance. When you're always on the go, the demand on your joints can translate into fatigue, muscle tightness, and pain. These shoes are designed to help your body work less so you can do more and so that you don't have to slow down. I personally own the slides, the flip-flops, and the clogs. And my husband, Jim, has the slides. Trust me, you will give your feet such a needed feel-good break when you invest in these recovery shoes. I positively love them. Plus, they come in all kinds of funsy colors and styles for every season. I'll put the link in the show notes. Click to take a look and get a pair. Your feet will love you. It was at the beginning of lockdown when I was still working for the church and people were so fearful. And I thought, well, this is something I can relate to. I've, you know, I've dealt with fear often in my own life. And I thought, well, what can I do to help the people uh, I was talking to? You know, we had home Bible study groups at the church. Of course, they all moved on to Zoom. And I was asked to write a series of Bible studies. And I thought, well, I'll go straight to the Psalms, precisely because I think that does help people with fear. Because it is all this process of educating our hearts, as we've just talked about. It's how, mm. how do you take those truths from your head into your heart? And it's something that takes time, but it it happens through the scripture. And I think the Psalms 
are especially good at that, not just because they have such great truths about God, but they give us examples of how to let that truth penetrate your heart, particularly when you're feeling some sort of negative emotion. You know, there's lots of examples of people who are afraid because of, you know, things happening in their life or they're under attack or, you know, there's turmoil around them. And in the psalm itself, we see how that person turns to God and to the truths about God and how that actually challenges their fear. You know, it is more than just knowing the truth. It's embedding it within yourself. And, and the psalms, in the way that they're structured, give us those examples of precisely how to do that. Mm, that's so good, Kirsty. And is there, do you have a particular psalm that's your favorite or even a couple of them that you really like? Oh, well, I started the book with Psalm 3 precisely because that is where David says, I lie down and sleep. I mm. mean, he's in a horrible situation. His son Absalom is attacking him. You know, he's got an actual army there surrounding him and, and his people. You know, it's a life or death situation. And what does David do? He says, I lie down and sleep. I thought, well, that's what I want to do. I want yes. to have that kind of calm and peace in my heart that I can do that. So I look at the psalm to see what is it that David's doing that means he can have that sort of response to danger, to fear. I mean, it's not as if I'm going to be attacked by an army of men with swords, but sometimes my own fears can feel that great. So how can I apply that to my fears? And it's all about his trust in God, where David looks at who God is about the relationship he has with God. He knows that God is reliable. God is on his side. God God loves him. And so he can trust God with whatever happens. And I know that that's still true. In fact, I know it even better than David knew it, because even though David was God's chosen king, but I know Jesus, who was the ultimate king. He was the one that David was pointing forward to. So I have mm -hmm. even more reason than David. To, to know how trustworthy God is. And mm. it's going through that process through the psalm that I can see how we use those truths to actually challenge our fears. Mm, that's so inspiring, Kirsty. And I'm I find myself thinking, okay, is it enough to, let's say I'm going through a hard time or I'm fearful over a loved one. Let's just use that as an example. I know that God is enough for that loved one. I know that he is their creator, that he loves them more than I possibly could. And this could be a family member, for example. But I have fears around maybe a particular situation involving that family member. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, you know, that's brought to my mind, those fears and those worries regarding that scenario with my dear family member. Where do I go from there? I I realize that, like you said in this example, that I'm not being attacked. I'm safe in my bed. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to come into my bedroom, God willing. I mean, my husband is there. I'm probably safe and okay. It's not a question of physical safety, but it's a question of emotional rest and stability that I feel that is under attack, really. So mm -hmm. I just kind of say stop to those worries that seem to be runaway trains. And instead I say, wait a minute, God, 
I'm going to put my mind in this direction instead, knowing that you are trustworthy, knowing that you've proven your love for mankind, knowing that your spirit is ever with me. I mean, is that the kind of dialogue that kind of takes place in your mind? Is that what that process looks like? Similar. Yes, that's the sort of thing. As After all, our fears are often telling us what we really believe. They reveal to us what is actually the belief in our hearts, which is might be different from what we think it is. But fear is often saying, I believe I'm helpless. I believe nothing can be done about this. Or I believe God doesn't really care. God doesn't really care for my loved one. Or God doesn't want to help. The fear itself helps us identify the wrong belief that is actually embedded in our heart. And then that's the thing we need to challenge. And you can do it by verses that specifically address that thing or by the general truth. So so if if we realize we're thinking, I don't believe that God really cares for this person, we'll think, well, what lengths has God gone to for the sake of that person? He created them. He put them in this family. He came to earth and died for them. It's, you know, just reminds ourselves of the truths that prove that that belief is wrong. And also, I think, especially if it is in the middle of the night and you're woken up, sometimes it is helpful to get up and write it down. So break yourself out of that cycle of harmful thinking. You know, I've actually written a whole book about Christian journaling and how helpful that is. And also with this book on the Psalms, I don't want it just to be a book that people read. I've actually published a workbook with it as well and a journal because that process of setting out your thoughts, actually write out, this is the thing I'm afraid of, but I know that that's not true because, and then you copy out some verses or you'll write out some truths and actually put it down so you can see it there and objectify it. Okay, that fear I have in my heart is not true and this is why. And and that is the process that will actually change you. I mean, it will work immediately, but also as you do it, over time, it actually will change the fears that, that arise and, and will reduce them. Can you think, Kirsty, of a specific example in your life of a single fear that you faced and that you challenged? Could you step us through that if one comes to mind that you wouldn't mind sharing? When I lost my job at the church uh, okay. in the lockdown, no one was hiring. I think, I, I'm going to be homeless. I'm, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to be on the street. And the thing I could remind myself is, first of all, the truth about God. God knows exactly what is going to happen, and he will be with me regardless of what happens. Also, God has not just left me alone. He's put me in a church. I have people who care for me who I can ask for help. And also, God has his purposes in mind. He saved me for a purpose. He has good deeds prepared for me in advance to do. And he will make those clear what, what I need to do. And it wasn't just once and then suddenly I was fine and never played yeah. again. But yeah, it's those specific challenges that I would give myself. I tell you another thing that's really helpful sometimes I challenge myself is write down 50 things to be thankful for. Mm. Or if I'm really energetic, write down 100 things. And I have to <laughs> until I've got the whole 100 things to be thankful for and that just turns me around I realize I have so many blessings 
Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that too. I keep this gratitude wheel and it's Mm -hmm. now so overrun with my writing and little teeny pictures or little drawings that I may have associated with each one. It's all different colors, but it's like a wheel and the spokes on a wheel. And so the hub of course is, you know, gratitude. I'm grateful to you, Lord. And, and then here are all the reasons because I have also found that it's not enough just to be grateful as Christians. We actually have the amazing privilege of being grateful to God, our creator. There's a difference to me between just thinking positive and thinking in a praiseworthy fashion where I'm not thinking, you know, mother earth or something. I'm thinking a person for all of these many blessings in my life and the things for which I can be grateful. But but when I came through a season of depression, I used that gratitude wheel every single day. I made a habit of reading through and out loud because, you know, when you're reading, you've got optic nerve. And then when you're listening, as you're reading aloud, you've got your oral, the listening nerve as well. So you've got all of that involved in this process and it's just penetrating your brain cells and recharging your brain in such an amazing way, really changing your brain. And, and I did that for months and it really, truly that impacted me. So I, I love how you gave that example, Kirsty, that very real example. And I can just see you when you are facing those fears and challenging them. I can kind of get a picture of you writing it all down to kind of stop that emotional runaway train and instead to slow that down and regroup. And I especially like hearing how you replace those thoughts with God honoring truths that that's where life is. That's where the energy is. And the other, the fears create chaos and, and death and darkness and oppression in our lives. But God offers us this other way to view those things, though they may be very, very difficult and challenging. You also didn't give way to negative polarized thinking like mm-hmm. I'll always be alone. You know, you it seems like maybe you eliminated from your vocabulary the always, the never, those words that really are not helpful and lead us to kind of dark places. So gosh, I, I could chat with you for so much longer, I think, but I I really love how you've love your work and how you've described it here today. And I want to encourage everyone to rush out and, and purchase Living Without Fear. Where can everyone get a copy of Living Without Fear? Just look at Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How can we all reach out to you, Kirsty? You'll find me on Facebook or Instagram. I try to do Instagram, putting lots of Psalms verses up. There's the things that encourage me just to, to put them up there. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. And it's Kirsten, right? Can you spell that for us? Uh, K-I-R-S-T-E-N is my first name. So that's what that's what's on the book. But Instagram, it's Kirsty, K-I-R-S-T-Y. And then Burkett, B-I-R-K-E-T-T. So, and I will put the link to your book as well as the work that you have and then your your. Instagram IDs or handles on in the show notes and the YouTube description as well. So my goodness, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and for 
putting to paper God's goodness, putting that on a page so that others can not just read it, but they can find that transformation that they're after, especially in this day and age when we deal with so much depression and anxiety and fear. So your work is so important and it's changing lives. And we applaud you for that, Kirsty. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.